said that a few times today as, oh, yeah. we've, as we've gotten to this moment yeah. justin we sat down to record about an hour and 45 minutes ago and here we go holy cow we're recording now let's do not it. not our first time recording no we've recorded a couple more we have it is our first time recording together in person yes so back at it good title perhaps for the rebirth of the podcast rebirth of the podcast i like that <laughs> justin you and i podcasted some time ago yeah, almost a year and a half ago was our last one. I was living in Raleigh area, North Carolina, Wake Forest, North Carolina specifically. You were living in... I was in the upstate of South Carolina, Pendleton, uh, right next yeah. to uh, Clemson, we... where I hated living. So. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we had, get to that. We had our fun of recording in two different places um, over Zoom, and now we've both found our way to Rock Hill, South Carolina. Living in the same town again for the first yeah. time since, what, 2019? Yeah. The both of us have lived here in the same place. Uh, you and I, good friends. Couple, we met a couple years before, I guess, we both departed right. uh, from Rock Hill in that time of 2019. We kept up a friendship. You were in my wedding. Uh, sometime after that, you had a baby, right? right. A couple, yeah, I got married in August, uh, you, the, the following April. You yeah. had Micah, Micah I, Bryce. I, I actually told you the day of your wedding That's right. that Hannah was pregnant. Against, That's right. against her wishes, maybe, but oh well. It was my wedding day. <laughs> yeah. Right? Told me with an office meme. Yeah. Meme, meme from the office. Uh, uh, listeners of the podcast who are uh, fans of the office might know this scene. Uh, maybe uh, you can ask me about that in person or whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, Justin, now we're back at it. Right? I think I already said appropriate title. Now we're back at it. Each episode that we do of these will be back at it. Justin, now that we're back at it. Now that we're recording again, now that we're going to talk about things that we want to talk about from the Christian worldview, our worldview as we see it, right. I thought it'd be appropriate to talk about how we both landed back here in Rock Hill, South Carolina. So I just moved on June, what, 11th? You moved, what, June 20th? June 26th. June 26th. Very good. That was a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so then June 24th. Okay. Because yeah. Friday. Yeah, I only know that. I was preaching that Sunday. That's the only reason why I know that was a Sunday. So. And that was my first Sunday at this new church. Yeah, yeah. Very good. So Justin, you were in Rock Hill. Um, what, what led you out of Rock Hill? Yeah, uh, so I was at Rock Hill um, and felt the call to ministry and accepted a position at a church in the upstate, uh, Liberty, South Carolina. Eastside Baptist Church was fantastic. Uh, we were up there for a little over two years. And um, yeah, we want to go ahead and talk about what brought us back or just where we were. Well, yeah, and around that same time, so, same, so you left when in 2019? Uh, actually, so I left at the beginning, well, I accepted the position at the beginning of 2020. Okay, so in 2019, just before that, in August of 2019, I left Rock Hill. Uh, I left Rock Hill, so we both left Rock Hill around the same time, just a few months after me. I left Rock Hill to finish my schooling in Wake Forest. I was at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, and I also got a job as a youth pastor. So you were doing youth ministry, right? I don't right. know if you said that, but you were doing youth ministry right. in uh, the upstate. I was doing youth ministry in the Wake Forest area. So we both left on in similar ways, actually. Right. And then we've both been brought, in, brought back in similar ways. So you did youth ministry there for about two years. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you were, uh, how did you end up back in Rock Hill? So yeah. you're not doing youth ministry at the church in the upstate anymore. How did that go down? Right. So, um, man, 
long story short, uh, the the church here in Rock Hill, Northside, where you and I were both yeah. members, where we met. Um, where I got saved. A, oh, awesome. I, yeah. I did know that. Very good. Yeah. Um, had a had an opportunity to uh, come back and work here as the director of youth and children's ministries. It was something that, uh, honestly, and I think it's okay to say this, I ran from for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, had an opportunity to send a resume a couple times and never felt like it was right. And then uh, one day my wife and I were just talking about it. We knew the position was still open and said, hey, let's uh, maybe we're running from something that God's trying to, to do in our lives. So uh, long story short, sent the resume and uh, had a couple interviews. and Yeah, the church felt, yeah. the search committee felt you were the right person. You felt right. this was the right church. It right. was uh, it was evident the Spirit of God was moving, right. bringing you here. Uh, the church called you. The church confirmed that same thing. Right. The whole congregation, you were called here. You moved in June. Yeah, so I left the church that I was working at in uh, the Wake Forest area after I had been there for two years. So I, I left... Um, I left because I needed to be out of ministry for a time, for a so season. So you, you didn't leave that job to, to go no. and pursue another one? No, no. I left that church uh, because I felt like uh, I was not supposed to be at that church at the time for uh, a bunch of different reasons. And so I spent the last year of my school working at Chick-fil-A, right, and going to school. We became members of another church, a very good church for us in the Raleigh area. And then as I was wrapping up my schooling, then I, I, I never felt like I wasn't called to vocational ministry, working for the church as a pastor. I just felt I wasn't called to that church at that time, so we stepped out. I was, and then I still had to make men's eat, uh, uh, ends meet. Did I say men's eat? Men's I still eat. had to make. We gotta make the men's eat. <laughs> sorry, I apologize. <laughs> we can edit that out. Very sorry you had to hear that. I started to make ends meet, went to work at Chick-fil-A, finished my schooling. Then as we were wrapping up my schooling, thinking, what's going to prepare me best to become a pastor? Right? Should I just start sending my resume out to be a pastor? Should I go become an associate pastor of youth and children's ministry at a church like you're at, Justin? What should I do? I did explore a couple of different opportunities like that, had a couple of different uh, hooks out there, right, lines out there. I'm not a fisherman, but I'll still use the analogy. And uh, ultimately landed at uh, Church in Rock Hill Park Baptist Church. I had a relationship with the pastor. We were friends. He had been uh, sort of mentioning this idea of uh, a training. Uh, so we call it a pastoral residency. It's kind of a training uh, uh, just sort of program. That'd be the word for it. It's just sort of a training program. It's going to be a year or so long where I uh, do some good study, do some good observations to tr- uh, prepare to be a pastor. So in a year or so, I'll be sent out you know, to be a pastor. Uh, of a church, and it's very good. I thought that that was the best springboard for me to become a pastor. So very specifically, you know that your future is pastoral ministry. Yeah. And so as you left your one job, spent some time at Chick-fil-A, you genuinely thought, I need to pursue something that will prepare me. Right, right, right. For that. Okay. Yeah, I wanted something that was going to prepare me and wanted something that was going to be a springboard, um, a stepping stone, you might say. Yeah. So a lot of people in ministry will use uh, a position like yours yeah. as simply a stepping stone to become a senior pastor. And I just felt as I was getting closer and closer to taking a job yeah. like that or just getting closer and closer to the next step, uh, I, I felt like I didn't want to do that. My, my conscience didn't... Yeah see me using a church as a stepping stone. So when I was in a couple of different interview processes, I would tell churches, right? Like, I want to be a senior pastor one day. I know the Lord is calling me to preach and disciple, preach and shepherd as the lead pastor of a church. And so I would tell churches that. And there was one church uh, that told me um, they wanted somebody more long-term, right? They were honest with me. They wanted somebody that was more long-term. There was another church that I told that to that was like, cool, 
Like we know, we, we don't necessarily expect the person who takes you know, this position to be here forever, to be here for a long time. I think the person that was in that position previous to me had been there for like eight years or something like that. And they told me, we don't necessarily expect that. And they were willing to take me on knowing I was going to use them as a stepping stone, but still my heart and conscience wouldn't allow me to do that. Because you knew. Yeah. What, what was ahead of you? Yeah, well, when you're in ministry, you make relationships. People lean on you as a as a shepherd, right, for their soul. So students and children will lean on you, and families will lean on you, Justin, right, as a shepherd. Right. And if you were just going to be gone in three or four years, uh, which the Lord will call people out when he calls people out, but if you were just going to, if you knew you were just going to be gone, that was the thing for me. Yeah. If I knew I was going to be gone in five, seven years, I didn't want to just go. I wanted to be somewhere that was going to set me up. So this position that I'm at, at the church where I'm at, it's an, it is a springboard. It is a stepping that's stone. That's the whole design of yeah. the position. The whole so, design is you're not supposed to be here for very long. So it's one thing if you if you take a position knowing, like, this is the design that I'd like to move forward. It's another thing to say, like, hey, I know in two years I want to be a senior pastor or, right. or something like that, but I'm just going to take this job just so I can have some experience right. and, and build my resume. Maybe that's not exactly exactly right. And that's a, it's an interesting conversation because I'm honestly the exact opposite, Alan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know that I'll ever feel called to, to serving as senior pastor somewhere. And in... Uh, so I've been hired at two different churches now, and in both interview processes, uh, I had churches who were asking me, like, would you plan on being here long term? Um, so they were, like you said, aware of that right. you know, possibility of people kind of using them as a, as a springboard. I think that's... Uh, Unfortunately, that's what youth ministry has been for a yeah. long time. Yeah. That's not what I wanted youth ministry to be. So I, I, I like youth ministry. I enjoyed doing it while I did it um, at a church. I could have seen myself doing that. Um, but... Again, my conscience just keep just kept yeah. weighing on me not to use the church as a springboard, not to use youth kids as a as a as a trial run for what I'm going to do when I'm a senior pastor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, dude, like the Holy Spirit leading you in right, that direction, right. because like where you are now, the opportunities that you have is absolutely what God mm-hmm. had in store for you, right? Right, okay. right. So we both made ourselves to Rock Hill. Justin, you have been since we came to Rock Hill together. Since, since even I told you, because you knew you were moving to Rock Hill. Not not before I knew I was moving to Rock Hill, but before I told you I was moving to Rock Hill. Right. Uh, I was still, I, I hadn't told you what the plan was. So when I, t- I think even like the day I told you I'm moving to Rock Hill, you said something about restarting the podcast. Yeah, you might say you said something about getting back at it. Yeah, uh, right. But, <laughs> but Justin, uh, then we moved to Rock Hill. You and I see each other. We start hanging out again after we both settle in. And you kept saying, let's do the podcast. Justin, do you have anything to say about why maybe you want to do the podcast, what you want to do in the podcast? And honestly, uh, when it comes to the podcast, first of all, I just, I love spending time with you. Who doesn't? Yeah, right. (laughs) But second, you you mentioned we're not necessarily experts on anything, but I think there's a value in getting together and talking about just life, what's going on, maybe talking about some some current events at some point, uh, and just maybe... Like I said, talking about life, but through a Christian worldview. Um, again, not that we're gonna, you know, provide some earth-shattering insight into anything, but uh, I think there have been yeah. times where I thought, man, I can't wait to do like a podcast or a YouTube channel because yeah. uh, I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow people's minds, yeah. and I don't. That's not what we're gonna do in this, right? The right. I've been humbled. Uh, to know that that's not who I am. That's or not right now, at least. Right. Maybe I will say something that somebody says, "Huh, I hadn't thought about it that way." But praise God, you know what I mean. Uh, maybe you will say something that I go, "Huh, 
right. think about that. Um, whatever it is, we want to try and maybe work through things, see things that we're observing in culture. If for nothing less, if for nothing else, maybe someone uh, that goes to one of our churches listens to this podcast or someone we know listens to this podcast and, and thinks to themselves, that's how those guys think about the world. Right. Maybe I should start to think about the world that way. Maybe I disagree with them because I'm thinking about the world through my Christian worldview. We just want you and us and everybody, right? The whole point of doing this podcast is to see the world through the Christian worldview. So anytime we talk about a topic, like we might talk about here in a moment, is to try and uh, discern and see the world into uh, or through the Christian worldview. Yeah, uh, the Christian worldview. And then also, dude, just bring in some transparency. Like, I'm a person who I'm fine sharing, like, just my struggles with people. Um, you know, we talk about wanting people to potentially whether it's see things through a Christian worldview or even just, like I said, we're not setting out to teach necessarily, but if somebody can learn from the experiences I've had, if I can share, you know, the issues that I've had, the struggles that I've had, uh, maybe we have an opportunity to do some of that on this podcast as well. Right. Right. And uh, we'd love to talk about anything that any of our, uh, tens and tens of listeners might want to hear us talk about or if you have thoughts you know share them with us we might be able to share them justin i want to throw something at you on the fly relatively on the fly because you have thought about this i know in the i know as we were leading up to being back at it uh you said maybe you had a thought about this whole thing that's happened over the last couple of weeks with regards to uh what student loan student loan student loan forgiveness yeah Um, do you have a thought about this it feels like in our world um just by the nature of where we are uh people we interact with are largely conservative uh, in, in kind of the Christian circles. That's what you run into a lot. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of people talking about um, just how upset they are about the, the $10,000 up to $20,000 uh, forgiveness that was just announced. And I understand it, but coming at it from a slightly different perspective, I thought it might be interesting to talk about it uh, just from the, from the viewpoint of a person who had those loans, who, again, I, I don't necessarily know uh, how I feel fully about the forgiveness aspect, um, but I will say as an 18-year-old kid, I had no clue what I was signing up for. I can I know, tell right? you that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was told that I had to go to college if I wanted to be successful, and basically hear kids sign on the dotted line. Right, right, right. Um, and so just when I saw all of that, people have a lot of like really strong opinions. And honestly, the biggest thing I wanted to talk about is it wouldn't hurt if we backed off from the strong opinions and tried to have some understanding one way or another. Is it is it great to forgive those debts? Maybe not. Right. Is it is it necessarily something we should be fighting about? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's definitely worthy of conversation. But I've, just, I've been really discouraged to see how people – are so entrenched in their views and not willing to hear what others are saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, because it might not be the smartest thing to do, econo- uh, you know, economically. Uh, how do you get somebody else to pay for, uh, you know, loans that somebody else took out? Uh, Justin, right. I hope that laptop does not fall. Not you good. guys will never know what he just did, but it's a risky move. Um, <laughs> it might not be the smartest thing to do financially. I do agree with you. I think just if you align with one way or the other, when that kind of thing happens, you just go, yes, or you just go, no, you know what I mean? You go, this is the greatest news I've ever heard, you know, or you go, you know, this is tyrannical yeah. uh, misuse of all our funds and, and, and tax dollars and way to go. And there could be some middle ground for discussion. And 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 I do agree with you. There should be discussion that's had uh, because so, so many times people just want to 
latch onto their party or latch onto their side of the aisle. If, if, and honestly, like if, if I was asked to give a, an answer to this problem, I would just say that the government probably shouldn't be involved in funding student loans. That would probably be a good place to start because we are talking about the government-backed loans here, not the, the private loans that were, right. were taken out. I know because all I have is private loans. So, <laughs> uh, sorry, yeah. about you, actually, I have some. I have some federal loans. I think it's less than ten thousand dollars anyway. So I guess I won't have to worry about those, which is hey. nice. Is an executive order? This is what I don't understand. Does it have to be like approved by Congress or anything? I, I, I heard it was an executive order. So I guess if it is an executive order, it's just bam. Unless there's an ex, unless there's a president, you know, in a couple of years from now who just undoes it. Can you, can you undo that? Can you undo the executive the, orders? Oh yeah. But I mean, can you undo the forgiveness of ten thousand dollars? Right, can you right. go back and say like, okay. Your account was down to ten thousand. Now right, it's back right. up to twenty thousand. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and we added interest. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be good. But <laughs> on the on the other side, so I did kind of speak in favor of maybe reducing those a little bit for people who didn't understand, uh, or because it's possible that people don't understand. The other side of that, though, is the the whole helicopter cash theory. I don't know if you're uh, if you've heard that before, but essentially, if you have an entire yeah, so if you have an entire neighborhood of people or an entire county, entire state, whatever, if everybody has a million dollars dropped into their backyard, mm-hmm. nobody's truly a million dollars richer. Right, right. That didn't increase anybody's buying power. Right. It just increases the price of the goods, right? Mm-hmm. So like no the our entire economic system is based on buying power, and if so, if you if you remove five hundred dollars a month. For somebody's, you know, student loan payment, if you remove that for everyone, you're not exactly helping anyone out. Everybody's still at the same point. I don't even know what to make of that. It makes yeah. a lot of sense, yeah. but I don't even know what to think about that. Yeah. But I'm not qualified to talk about it. Those are just some things I've been thinking about. Some things to think about. Yeah, yeah. Um, the memes, though, Justin, that yeah. came out of student loan forgiveness, all the youth pastor memes, yeah. right? Like youth oh, yeah. pastor stand. Well, you're a youth pastor, yeah. but all the youth pastors standing, you know, and not actual, but these were memes. I didn't see any actual youth pastors do this, right? But all the memes of the youth pastors being like, listen, you've got $10,000. Let me tell you about 10,000 reasons. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I did see a church that yeah. was set on, tw- or a pastor that said on Twitter that, you know, his set list for a Sunday morning had 10,000 reasons, you know, just the same oh, Sunday that the... Student loan forgiveness happened, so he changed the set list, you know, last minute, which is pretty funny. So, so student loans. I think that that student loan commentary that you just provided at the very beginning, which is like, let's have a conversation. That's going to be a running theme, perhaps throughout this podcast, or even just when you talk to, I think, good uh, Christians that want to think about things critically. Let's have a conversation. That's a running theme when it comes to issues like this, is that, yeah, I think there's a right and a wrong. Yeah, I think there's a good and a bad, uh, but let's have a conversation. Let's not just yell at each other, which has been, a theme, which has been in itself a theme over the last couple of years. We'll Justin, college football is back. Yeah. Uh, we'll wrap up this brief, short episode, uh, first episode, uh, with one of our favorite things, which is college football. You and I are big college football fans. We became fast friends on college football, even though we're fans of rival teams. Yep. College football is back. Justin, how, are you ha- how happy are you that it's back? Oh, man, I'm thrilled that it's back, and and that joy normally lasts until about the second week of the season like it did this year. Arkansas is a good team. Yeah, yeah, Arkansas is a good team, but South Carolina, um, man, the, the lines of scrimmage did not show up, neither offensive nor defensive. Uh, we, we got pounded all day. You're a Clemson fan. I imagine that's a much different experience than what I have. Or 2-0. and oh, You're 1-1. One and one. We're only yeah. two games into the season. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're going to be good. I think I think Clemson's going to be good. I think uh, yeah, anybody that is a college football fan knows last year was not the best year for Clemson. They won ten games though, <laughs> but uh, the the quarterback situation was uh, really bad this year. Two uh, same really bad quarterback though. Maybe he's better, and he is better. Like it's very good to see DJ Ubiungalale. Um, hey, there you go. Playing a lot better this year. I think yesterday he had. Uh, like uh, one of the highest QBRs in all of college, or not yesterday, but Saturday had one of the highest QBRs in all of college football, uh, the highest I in the mean, ACC. You're playing Furman, though. Yeah, but anything's – it's all about confidence, though, like, man. So This is the time when we're going to yell at each other. It's all about confidence. Justin, I think on this, the idea that I think Clemson is a very good team this year, is going to be a very good team, and is a good team, and is going to be a very good team. Uh, do you have so college football playoff fourteen playoff at least this yep. year? Maybe in the future it'll be well. In the future it will be twelve teams. Maybe next year. Uh, do you have uh, a prediction for who's going to make the four team college football playoff? The the four team college football playoff. You have Georgia. You think Georgia's going to yeah, be one? Unfortunately, it's going to be Georgia. You think they're going to go undefeated? I do. So they're going to beat Bama. Yes. In the SEC championship. Yes. Um, I mean Georgia may lose a game, but they're going to win the SEC championship okay. and be in the, be okay. in the playoff. Um, Man, honestly, I would have had my top four for you coming into the coming into the, the season. Um, oh. I would have said NC State, just okay. taking a flyer on NC State. But they did not look great against East Carolina. Um, you never so, never believe in I NC know, State, Justin. I know. It's questionable. So who but, do you think? All right, we're two games into the season. Who's your top four right now? I, refu- I refuse to put Clemson in my top four. So we'll say something like, I don't know, uh, Georgia – Alabama, Arkansas, and Kentucky. There's your top four. That's just SEC teams. That's not going to happen. Hey, that, that won't be the playoff, but those are my top four teams. Those are your top four those teams? Those are my top four teams. That's just because, well, I was going to say South Carolina is going to lose to all four of those, but they don't play Alabama they don't this play year, Alabama, so. Okay. But, no, if we can lose the three of the top four, man, we're, we're doing yeah. something. That's like, yeah, that's like last year Clemson lost to Georgia. Actually, aside from the game that Alabama beat Georgia in, right, because Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC championship and then lost to Georgia in the national championship, you know who was the team that played – Clemson or uh, Georgia the closest in the entire season? It's Clemson. Clemson only lost by a touchdown. Yeah. A, a touchdown, Georgia did not even score on offense. They scored it on defense. Yeah. Okay, my top four. I think the top four is going to go maybe Georgia one. Winner of the SEC. Winner of the SEC I think is going to be one. Unless they lose a game. I'm not sure Clemson – because I'm not sure Clemson's going to lose any games. Because um, Notre Dame looks not that great, Justin. <laughs> they lost to Marshall, uh, so they're not going to. Well, be they the looked playoff. they looked really good against Ohio State, <laughs> not, and then they lost. Uh, oh, that's true. Well, they, yeah. yes, they won't be there, but they looked really good against Ohio State. Then they didn't look so good against Marshall. So I feel pretty good about Clemson going into Notre Dame and beating Notre Dame. Then the only other kind of trouble game you got to think about is Miami in the regular season. Then then maybe Miami again in the ACC championship because Miami's pretty good, new coach, new system, kind of thing. I think. Uh, Georgia probably won. I think Clemson in there. I think Ohio State's going to be in there. I think that they're going to win all their games. Uh, they're probably going to be pretty good. And then Alabama maybe four. I, Alabama didn't look so great against Texas. Or would you see maybe a, a Big 12 or even a Pac-12? Listen. USC looks pretty good. And USC might get in because they go undefeated. Because yeah. USC might run the table. An Utah lost a game. USC has to get in. Yeah, man. I mean, it could be the case that you have several undefeated teams this year. Because Clemson very well could go undefeated. Ohio State very well could go undefeated. Uh, Georgia or Alabama, you know, one of those two is probably going to go undefeated. So it could be the case that you have like four undefeated teams and a one-loss Alabama doesn't make it in unless they put them in over an undefeated team. Listen, this is unpopular. As somebody who is a fan of an SEC team, I shouldn't say this. I'm tired of of all SEC 
championships. I don't want to see that again. That's quite the thing it's, to say, Justin. It's boring. Justin, my, that's my top four. Uh, I would say Clemson's going to win the national championship. That might come across just too much like a Clemson fan. Yeah, I do think Clemson. I do think Clemson could win the national championship. I do think Georgia could. I think all those four teams could. Quite frankly, I think there are several teams that could win. And quite frankly, Alabama could win, even though they'd are near lost to Texas. Texas looked pretty good. Texas, not going to lie. Texas. Justin, does it feel good to be back at it? Back at it. Yeah. It does feel good to be back at it. It's honestly, I don't think it's really great. More so than that, you know, being able to sit in the same room. Um, so we're going to keep up with uh, college football season. We're going to oh, see yeah. how we do with the races there. I do need to say that my all the season tomorrow all day. But you heard it here. <laughs> Listen, we're gonna clip it. We're not, we're gonna we're not gonna include that last bit that he just said. Justin, it has been great. Uh, we'll have to think of some things. You know, see some things that uh, happen in the world. Maybe we'll record again later this week. Put another one out there. Maybe a little bit more topic specific. But it's good to be back. Back at it.